0: I I think that because we live in a world that is so like go, 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 gotta do, gotta do all the time, we we forget to be still and sit with the things that we have that are heavy and this is, a diagnosis is really heavy and it's a hard place to sit because you don't want to be there.
1: What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week, I am excited to bring you Jessica Hanna. She is an amazing soul going on a journey with cancer, and I just loved how she articulates and shares this journey on social media. I asked her if she would share with you all, and she graciously agreed. Jessica is a wife, a mom of four, an adoptive mama, a business owner, a homeschool mom, a dog lover, a boxing coach, and a believer in humor being the best medicine. She's still in active treatment and chooses to add breast cancer survivor to her list. The day she was diagnosed was day one as a survivor. Living with cancer is a daily battle, she says, and winning the war is the end goal. The best way to do that? as she states, is to be your strongest advocate. I'm really honored to bring you Jessica Hanna today. Enjoy! All right. I really, truly am so honored to have Jessica Hanna on the Minding Wellness podcast this week. We connected over something completely different than what we're about to talk about. And I love how that is true of most of my guests is our connections have, and our journeys have kind of collided to a point of leading us to share the mic on this platform. And I I really do feel honored to have this story be shared on here. I know that the pearls of wisdom and the inspiration will go to endless depths and have lots of rippling effects. So I really appreciate you coming on today,
0: Jessica. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Yeah. So before
1: we get into your story and all of the great nuggets that you'll share with us, let's start with
0: what does true wellness mean to you? Oh, true wellness. Well, um, I actually, this is to go into it. uh, I am classically educating my kids. So when I hear something like true wellness and I go, what does that mean? I go to the words themselves. What does true mean? What does wellness mean? And then try to put that together with what I would imagine it means to me. Because I will sit here and say, it has to do with the process growing into maybe what you're walking through at that point. So, I mean, I know we haven't gotten into my story yet, so I don't want to reveal that necessarily, but I don't think it is um, necessarily dependent upon a specific illness or disease. I think it's a process as we go through each thing we're introduced to, um, not being free from that particular disease or illness, but the change that comes the growth that comes from it so true wellness to me is what comes as you walk through the journey of whatever you're going through to get to the other side because the inside the middle part that's really messy is where all the good stuff happens I really love that answer, and I don't think
1: anybody has put it quite like that. Which is why I love asking this question to each person because the way that it's verbalized and processed and then shared is always so different. But I really do love how you put that, and I love how you broke it down. Um, I, I, it sounds like there's a there's a true teacher in you that really wants to make sure that that the learner on the other side gets the the whole the whole gist of it. So I love how you how you broke those two down and and really thought about that. So, anyways, I, I appreciate that answer. So, so much. Let's go ahead and dive into your journey. And you have shared, just to kind of let the listeners know, you have been very courageous and vulnerable in sharing your story and your journey on social media. And that's how I saw it and then reached out. And so I wanted to give Jessica another platform to share this on because I believe that this will get into the hands and into the earbuds of all of those who need to hear it. And so I appreciate your courage in doing what you've done so far. So, and I know you've, you've done this in multiple posts and you've been very good about sort of keeping your friend list. Up, updated. Um, so now just kind of putting that into a, um, a a larger bit, because obviously we're not daily here, we're just this one, but kind of giving us a background to when this started
0: and where you're at today. Sure, absolutely. So um, if we break down my timeline, it all started. If we want to say it started, I was diagnosed with breast cancer on February 13th of 2020. So seven months ago, was a really um, hard month and uh, lots of things to process along the way but that's when it started Um, and I didn't wait long to start doing things because I think a lot of people can become paralyzed with so many options and so many choices and so we kind of dove in and started figuring out what our next steps were and so my uh, very first Step in this process um, was actually changing my diet and starting on some supplements that I felt would help kind of prepare my body for what was to come. So that was in March of of 2020. Um, Then I started some, I completed a 10 week program of some IV treatments and some low dose targeted chemotherapy from April to June. So I didn't slow down. I kept going because as you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and that changed a lot of things. So a lot of things that were maybe available before the pandemic weren't necessarily available to me yet. So I really did kind of take it into my own hands to do Uh, what I felt would help me along the process till I could get to the next step. So that kind of brings us to this summer. Uh, On June 27th, three weeks ago, I had a single mastectomy and node dissection. Um, So that was a hospital stay, but the good news is there were clear margins and they did get all of the cancer that they could see. And I just had a PET scan yesterday to reveal a negative for any other cancer and starting Monday, so we have four days, I start my chemotherapy for five months followed by radiation. So that's kind of my timeline of where I began seven months ago, the things that I've kind of done along the way and what's ahead of me because it is definitely stage stage by stage, something new every couple of weeks that we begin and have to try to dive into and figure out. Mm, and
1: I, I I love how you're you're so concise with all of that. It's like you're so organized. <laughs> I can <laughs> I can already see your organization, like the dates, the everything. Um, it's so fantastic. First and foremost, let me say that's uh, congratulations on the fantastic news from yesterday. I, I actually watched it uh, not not live, but pretty quickly after you posted it um, because I, I've been following your journey, and I, I really appreciate you kind of taking us along with you. I think it gives us all insights. Into what people are going through, I know I've been through it with family members. Um, but you know, I think so often we see maybe the beginnings, maybe a little bit of the middle, and then and then you know we we hear on the other end how chemo worked, and we're all happy, but we don't see all of these emotions throughout the process. And so I love that you're sharing that with us. I really really appreciate that. Let's go back, and we won't we won't spend too much time in this this time period of the timeline, but at the point of. Diagnosis. What what kind of you know? Take us to the moment of diagnosis. I think it's so important for people to wrap their heads around and get an idea of what it's like to receive that. How you're processing it. Uh, maybe how you're not processing it. You know, does it turn into maybe does it turn into you know kind of just a jumbled mess after you hear the word? What what is it like at the moment yeah. of
0: hearing that diagnosis? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't think it's a moment I will forget ever. Um, my husband and I were in the doctor's office for a routine, really a routine checkup after a surgery I had had. And we had no idea. It wasn't even on the table that cancer was a possibility. So as my surgeon rolled his little stool over to me and put his hand on my knee and said the words, you have cancer, it was this, it's like in the movies where It literally is like in the movies when someone receives news and it's almost like you are coming out of your body and you hear it, but it's distant. Like you're not really there. This is not really happening to you. And although you're hearing the words, you're not processing it at all. And so that initial moment, like I get goosebumps as I talk about it because it's like going right back to that moment of... You know, I'm, I'm young, I'm, I was 39 at the time and thinking this is, this isn't happening to me. There's no possible way. And just trying to think of all the things of what did I do? Did I do something? Could I have done something differently? And just trying to, trying to process, but it's just not possible at that moment. Um, So that's what it was like. (laughs) Mm. And I get—I actually
1: have my hairs are standing up on my own arms because I, you're very—you're uh, very prolific and eloquent with words. I don't know that anybody's told you that, but let me tell you that if—if—if if, if, um, nobody has—and I think you're really—you're a really great storyteller. But you also are able to share your experiences in such a way that it—it's emotion—it's emotionally packed. And so I—I'm—I'm I'm getting goosebumps hearing it too because I—I I can share in going through that with my dad. And I remember hearing that. And I thought, I I remember thinking there, I mean, there's no way, like there must be a confusion. There's, it was somebody else's scan there. Like there, it was an immediate, like there's, it's not, that's not possible. And so I, I, I went through that emotion, although it was with a family member and not myself, I, I can take myself back to that point. So, and I think it's important for people to know, especially those within the medical system, because I think, you know, the sharing of diagnoses, It it's, I'm sure, hard on their end too, but to know how the patient is processing it and not processing it and not hearing it and, you know, and going through all of these emotions, uh, it's so important, I think, for also the medical side to know how this is being received and and the types of emotions that are going on and how we, I think we in the healthcare system kind of have to just accept that there's not much else we can say beyond that point because we're, I don't think there's any processing beyond yeah. the word and then it's like we need a minute you know we need we need some time to just process that so yeah
0: i would and i think just to note the fact how important it is if at all possible to have someone with you and i know that they were very good about is your husband coming with you and normally he wouldn't but just by chance he was able to but what that allowed was it allowed for him to hear and be able to kind of tell me later what had just happened. And um, we may talk about support, but support is huge. And there's no way I would have been able to process that day well, and have a plan in place without that.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Support is so, so huge. And I can't even imagine people going through that alone and um not having somebody to to be able to and that's what i do i mean that's literally why i started what i do is um because regardless of the diagnosis anything that any type of obstacle within the healthcare journey is so difficult to go through alone you're trying to just heal and process and to be able and then you have to project manage i mean you basically end up having to project manage your life and health in the middle of processing and healing and it's it's a lot so I appreciate that you, you shared that so um, eloquently. I know um, I've talked to others about their mindset through their cancer journeys on this podcast. And having gone through this alongside my own family members, specifically my father, I know that the mind and spirit components are infinitely important, but so often neglected by the current medical system, which is very overburdened. Um, how do you feel like after you went home, you sort of Handled that diagnosis, and then what type of emotional and spiritual? We talked about your husband being the support. Um, did you develop new spiritual practices, emotional support? What kind of support? And we just, since we're segueing into that, have you found since that initial diagnosis either within the healthcare system or and or
0: outside? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, i've I've always had my faith, and so. Uh, I, w- I didn't necessarily find something new because that's a big part of who I am. And so I knew, kind of for myself personally, where I could turn to for. Um, some of the things that you just can't understand, like when there's there's so much that happens in our life that we just cannot wrap our minds around. So where do you go? And it doesn't necessarily, and it can't necessarily, in my opinion, be a person (laughs) that's like in the room with you or someone you can call there's that's a part of it. So for me, my faith plays a really big role um, in just trying to understand the things that are not understandable. Um, But when it comes to processing through this, and uh, because it doesn't happen in a day or a week, it doesn't happen in a couple months, along the way, there's always something new to process, and so my support system, obviously, um, I have found the outlet of my process, which is through social media, although it's scary and intimidating, um, putting it out there has actually helped me, I think, more than it has helped other people, because I have been able to If, as you've read, be pretty raw about some of the emotions that are attached to this and receive, yes, comments and um, thoughts and prayers from other people. But there is something about just getting it out from your brain because the mental battle, I've said it from the beginning, is 100% the hardest part of this journey. You can handle the things physically. We're tough. We can do hard things. But the mental game, when you are sitting and waiting, because you're gonna wait a lot, no matter what the diagnosis or whatever it is that you have been kind of that's been thrown at you or is happening to you, you're gonna have to wait. And that's when our mind just starts to grab onto these thoughts and take you down these rabbit trails and all of these worst case scenarios and the what ifs. And those are the things you have to kind of grab a hold of and Um, find a way to pull yourself out of that so you can take that step forward so you don't get stuck. And so support system of the people around me, those me journaling and sharing has been huge and just kind of processing and healing as I can. And I think if I were to say in the medical field, um, this is something that's new, literally just happened a couple last week, I was introduced to someone who's kind of like, I call her my advocate. So she's part of my oncology um i guess team if you want to say it and she has been by my side for the last five days answering questions being sympathetic like so amazing and i have been shouting from the rooftops about her to the people i talk to because i don't i haven't run into that yet (laughs) i've been walking this for seven months and i haven't run into someone who has come so close and ben there like i will be here for you who's not an immediate family member who's not a close friend but someone who just met me and read my file and said i'm going to be there for you every step of the way and i and i know she means it so i say that because if we're also sharing this with those in the medical field like to be a real a real person to someone walking through something so challenging can change their world or the time that specific time. And in this case for me, and that's my walk through chemotherapy.
1: Oh, that's so amazing that you have that and that that person found you. Is this somebody that's like employed by the medical system that you're in? And is that available to most patients? What's your understanding of this person's yes. role? Yes.
0: Um, so my understanding of her role, she's what's called, she's a navigation nurse. So a nurse navigator is what they call her. And so she is an RN and a CCRP. I don't know what all the letters mean, (laughs) but um, so she has the medical knowledge and her job is to navigate me through this in all aspects, emotionally, physically, all the things that I may have questions about now and all the way through and after. So that is her role. And I'm part of like, I, I have care through a medical group. And so it's one, you know, we it's at a local hospital. And she is um, uh, part of this particular medical group. So fantastic. The oncology department.
1: I think, you know, I think every diagnosis should come with this. But I think especially in the world of oncology, it's so overwhelming. And I'm so glad that the facility is is offering that as another line of support. Because it really is you know, like I said, it can feel like project management when you're trying to put all the pieces together and to just have one point of contact that if you're just at a loss for what to do next, you know, you can call and you know, we'll be there is it's everything. So I'm, I'm really so happy that they have that as an availability to you and, and the others and that, that, that she got involved um, now. And uh, you know, that's, and it's funny that you said every step of the way, cause that's literally my tagline for, for why I do what I do, because I do feel like, you know, sometimes people just want to know if I reach out right now, the person will receive the message and will get back to me. And I don't have to worry about, you know, the, the phone tree or the message or the, who's going to get it. And it might be a different team member. And that can be so an additional overwhelming burden on top of the burden of healing and processing. So really, really great that they have that for you. Going back to and kind of segueing back to social media, I want to just point out something you recently said on there, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. You said, whatever the outcome today, this is just part of my story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. My heart and mind are strong. I'm filled with fight and fire. I love my life and those that are in it, and it drives me to walk head first, no holds barred, into the next battle. And like I said, I really, I I mean, you're your courage is amazing. Your words are really beautiful. And I don't know if that's something that you have been told before, but here, let me tell you again the second time already. Um, I, I talk a lot about myself about surrendering. And I was wondering if you feel like this diagnosis has put you in a place of surrendering, not in a way of giving up, but kind of giving over. You talked about faith, kind of giving over the grips of control. I don't know if you, like me, are very type A and. Historically, in my life, I have attempted to control most everything in my life because um, I just felt like it would everything would go better if I could just have my hands in everything. And things in my life, including my father's diagnosis, have made me realize what little control I have. And so, I'm wondering how the term or the word surrender plays into what you've been experiencing.
0: Uh, yeah. So, I. I definitely like control because I can't think of anyone who doesn't. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that I was born that way, but I do think when, you know, as you become an adult and I got married and I had four children and all of these things, it, my life got bigger and it was filled with more things and the sense of control was important because when you have, you feel like, cause I do think it's a feeling you feel like you have control, then there is a sense of, um oh gosh i'm not i can't even think of the word that i want but i guess i'll just say control has been important to me (laughs) and to walk into this and realize control was not really an option all the time uh was eye-opening but i would say that there are many things that we can control especially about how we are mentally. Um, I'm a big believer in positivity, but I'm also a big believer in it's okay to be sad. Just don't stay there very long, um, and keep moving forward. So I, I feel like my control shifted instead of trying to control everything. I decided to control what I could and in that, then that would eventually lead into feeling a sense of, for lack of a better word, all rightness with what was going on. Um, I don't know if that answers all of your question, but. No,
1: it does. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, I, I think you're right. A lot of us find, have found a f- sort of, even if it is considered a false sense of peace, but some type of sense of peace in feeling like we have. Our pulse on what's going on in our lives, and we're kind of, you know, we're juggling all of the things in the right way all the time. And sometimes it takes something like this um, to help us realize that we aren't necessarily in control of everything, and maybe don't necessarily have to be. But then you're right, there are things that are in our control. And I think in the medical and the healthcare journey, that's where some people I think feel like then they just release all control and then it's like, okay, I just, I go from appointment to appointment, but what about the things that I do have within my control in between appointments? You know, like you mentioned with the diet and then the lifestyle changes and the exercise and, and focusing on what you can do as opposed to being a passive passenger and just kind of waiting for the next word. So there's a
0: lot of time for that. Um, it's one of the things my husband and I were just talking about this morning, just I actually asked him, I said, what, um, what has been the hardest thing about this journey so far for you? And, uh, you know, his comment very quickly and then he expounded was the waiting because the waiting is so hard and so heavy and you don't have any control over that. You do have control over how you handle it and what you do in between those moments. But this is a game, this is a waiting game and it's also something that, get to have plenty of practice with (laughs) and that's where i have filled my time with um different things that i think will um uh, build me up in different areas of my life whether it's the mental game which i've mentioned my spiritual life those types of things and physically i'm a boxer so all those things that i've done to prepare my body during the waiting for the next thing, because that waiting is the hardest for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I love that you and your husband are able to have those open conversations and he's able to open up about how he's feeling as well. Uh, I think that the, that open line of communication is so, so, so important. And that's really great that you guys have that relationship that allows for that. From a medical standpoint, you kind of have mentioned at least one thing, but from a medical standpoint, what might have surprised you so far? And I don't know how much experience you have from the medical field. And you can mention that in the past, like either with family members who are being sick or or with yourself. um, But from a medical standpoint, have there been things along the way that have surprised you either good or bad so far in your journey?
0: Um, yeah, so I haven't had a lot of experience with, um, illness or disease with anyone really in my family. Um, especially not when I was living with them or anything like that. So this is our first traumatic walk through the health, um, healthcare field, I guess, um, in a, uh, a trial like this. And I would say one of the most challenging things that we've come across Is the communication um, between doctors and myself and the communication from doctor to doctor? So that has been hard because we have had miscommunications for our understanding of what was about to happen. Because you have to understand, and I think everyone gets this I'm not an expert in breast cancer. I'm becoming one, but I'm not an expert. I didn't go to school for this. And so when a doctor says something to me, And says, this is what we're going to do, or this is what's happening, or this is what's going on in your body. And I, I take that and I leave with that knowledge. And then I go see another doctor and they say something that doesn't quite line up, but they're supposed to be communicating. That's happened a couple times on our journey. And it's been very frustrating from the patient, and of course, my support, which would be my husband our our experience has been hard because we've had to ask for clarification more than once, so that's probably been the most difficult because this is already difficult, and the last thing you need is not to understand what's going on
1: mm-hmm. yes, I feel that to my bones because mm-hmm. it is so confusing, and i know i've I've talked a few times about how you know, medicine is, is not sort of a finite um, black and white kind of a field, but because of how confusing it can be, it's hard to just accept that, okay, this is an art and each person's an artist and we're all going to paint in different ways, but okay, but your answer doesn't go along with the answer I just got. So who's, who's in charge of painting this, this (laughs) mural right now? Um, Because, you know, in reality, you know, every, every physician is training in, in their own training facility, you know, in their own academic institution under those who have trained them. And there's going to be some impact on that. And there's going to be differences in opinions, which is why there's tumor boards and people get together and kind of put their minds together. But but the, the differences in opinions, not only just the differences in opinions, but also just the, the confusion there can be from even one you know provider or specialist not necessarily fully understanding what the previous one was planning and then how are you as a patient who like you mentioned are not well versed in this for good reason you didn't study this how are you supposed to piece that together and then figure out who's right and who needs to talk to who to make it right and <sighs> while you're trying to figure everything else out and so it it's i completely understand that from so many levels is that something that you Uh, had any way to anticipate or was it pretty shocking as it happened?
0: Uh, It was shocking as it happened. I will say, again, this goes back to what I said about the day of my diagnosis. I've either had someone with me at the appointment Or I have asked if I could, I've asked the doctor if I could record so I could listen to it again, or I've taken copious amounts of notes because you need to be able to go back over it. You need, you're just never going to absorb all of it, especially if it's not something you're familiar with. And so all of those things helped. It was definitely shocking at first, but I will say people had shared, like, here's some tips on what you can do when you go in and they're going to throw all this information at you. Um, so that was, that was really helpful. I will say, because uh, it's part of my journey, I have been in both worlds. I've been in the medical, traditional medical, and I've done more alternative holistic, which is a big thing today. And so for me, that was probably the hardest part as a patient, as someone walking through a diagnosis like this, what do you do? Where do you go? What's the right decision? And so that was really difficult to navigate because those are two completely different worlds. And I believe personally that they can be melded together. I do believe that there's a place for, like I said, the diet change for me specifically in the supplementation, but also the surgeries as needed and the other treatments like chemo and radiation. I see that there is a need for both, but those two worlds do not often cross and cross well. Mhm
1: yes yes to that as well um very much so i know there we do have more uh you know integrated options where you know more traditionally trained physicians are becoming more integrative physicians where they might recommend, you know, say acupuncture or, you know, supplementation that's relatively new where those worlds are being married. But yeah, you're right. In general, they're very siphoned and separated. And so then you're going to traditional medicine, getting their opinion on treatment, then going to holistic, getting their opinion. Neither one really believes in the other. So you can't really ask like, how do I marry these two? Because one believes you shouldn't do the other and the other believes you shouldn't do the other. and so you're having to then cross that bridge in between, which is hard because you, you know, you, you obviously were not trained all to, as well to be an integrated physician. I mean, we can't be everything at all times. So, so yeah, I, I completely get all of that and, um, you know, and navigation and preparing for appointments. And uh, I absolutely agree with copious note-taking, asking the team if you can record. Some teams are not super into that, but they also understand, most of them understand Why that's necessary, you know, in a highly litigated society, you know, there I think a lot of them are immediately concerned that okay, is this going to be used against me? And if you just verbalize that, no, I really just truly want to be able to process what you're saying. And any given day, you may not feel well enough to do that, and that's the day of your appointment. There's nothing you can do about that. So, you know, what can I do to maybe listen to this later and um, you know be able to process this in pieces when I have time to do that and space to do that? So all such great advice for those listening who might be earlier in their journey or not even early in their journey at any point, starting to prepare for appointments and, and know that you have the right to at least take notes and ask if you can record, if you would like to ask that, um, you know, is, is so, so important. What um, areas do you feel might need improvement in our healthcare system? We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but are there, sort of um, resources that you wish you had? Are there areas that you, as you navigate and maybe even your husband as well, maybe you've said as you're navigating this, well, this could be so much better if this, are there anything, you know, pearls of wisdom that may even benefit the healthcare system? I think a lot of times we have tunnel vision because we've been doing things a certain way for so long. The addition of that, that navigator, of course, is fantastic. And I'm so glad they're doing that. Is there anything else that as you've gone through the journey that you could say, this would be helpful, changing this would be helpful? Um, You know, what kind of, what kind of ideas have you had along the way?
0: I might have to think about this one. Um, So, I mean, I've mentioned communication, and I think that's a big thing. It's hard because we are in the middle of a pandemic. So I sit here and I go, is are some of the struggles we've had because of what the world is going through right now. Um, It it crosses my mind because this is my first experience walking this out. Um, But to make it maybe better, I mean, as I've talked about the things that aren't, that have been a struggle for us, the waiting has been hard, although that is a part of it. I think it is, it could be streamlined because, um, We have, at least in my journey, we have been told something, had to wait, had another appointment, been told something else, had to wait, ended up having to go back to what the original plan was or what was said earlier on. So again, it's that combining of the communication. If the communication were better, the wait time wouldn't be so long when it comes to decision making. So I mean, besides besides the advocate, which I, or the nurse navigator that I mentioned and shared um, and how awesome that is, that would probably be what jump, what comes to my mind is just, there seems to be such a long wait time between things. And we're talking about somebody's life here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we're talking about something that it's all consuming for them. They don't wake up without it not being the first thing they think about they don't go to bed without it being the last thing before they drift off and so it's constantly on their mind and i feel without a doubt that the communication has to be better across the board in order to move things along it just takes too long seven months for me from diagnosis to really surgery and now treatment and granted, pandemic involved, but still, um, there that would be, I think, what I would say needs to improve. Mm,
1: I absolutely agree. I think the communication piece is so huge because you you would be a little bit more at peace. Granted, you will still be going to sleep and waking up with with the thought and the reminder that this is a diagnosis you're carrying, but it's so hard to process that and release that and then also have to navigate all of the confusion and, you know, who's dropping the ball and what do I need to do now to get the ball back in the air? And that's just a lot. I mean, it's just a lot. And uh, you're right. It's different when, and I, and I tell people often, you know, it's different when you're like frustrated at the car dealership because, you know, you can't get your car fixed and you've got to have a rental car or whatever. It's it's a much different thing when it's your life. And, and I don't think that the medical team necessarily is, you know, not understanding that, but the system as a whole is so broken and there's so many pieces of it that are broken that it's like, where do we even begin to fix this? So it kind of continues as status quo. A few things here get fixed, a few things here get fixed. But as a whole there's so much brokenness and room for improvement that um, I'm, I'm always so interested to hear from people's experience, what, what might be you know the sort of the hardest and most difficult obstacle that they've been crossing as, as you kind of think back, and I know it's been a, you know, a, a difficult and strenuous seven months, what would you say? And I've asked this to a few people um, to somebody who might be at the early stages. So to Jessica, as she's just receiving the diagnosis, Would you have any advice for somebody at that point in how to move forward? I mean, obviously from the logistical standpoint to to prepare for appointments and that, but just from a, a mental space, any specific pearls of wisdom that you might give to somebody super early in the diagnosis stage?
0: Yeah, I think the very first thing I would say is it's okay One, it's okay to cry (laughs) because it's going to happen, but it's okay to sit with it. I, I think that because we live in a world that is so like, go, 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 gotta do, gotta do all the time. We, we forget to be still and sit with the things that we have that are heavy. And this is a diagnosis is really heavy and it's a hard place to sit because you don't want to be there. But, um, I think that, you'll do yourself a favor by diving into the emotions that are there and trying to wrestle with them before you do anything and give yourself grace because we don't do that enough. I don't think, especially as women specifically, we want to do it all. We think we should be able to, and if we can't, and if we can't do it well, then uh, there's something wrong. And so I would say, give yourself grace. Definitely sit with your emotions and walk through it and wrestle with it, but don't stay there too long. Get moving after you've had time to start to process. But you're not gonna understand it. It's gonna take a long time for you to get your bearings and get your feet planted on solid ground. Find good support. I believe a sense of humor is a must. Um, from the very beginning of this, I have joked with my children, I have older teenage boys, and I have pulled out the cancer card more than a dozen times because mm-hmm. it, it, we chuckle about it when I want what I want to eat. And there's only a little bit left. I'm like, but I have cancer. And we laugh and we move on because humor can take the weight that is in the room and on your loved ones and on yourself off. So I am a huge believer that once you can get to that point of bringing humor in, do all that you can. And of course, find a good medical team. A strong mental game is huge. Um, so those would be the things that I would say. Stay positive, be hopeful, but know that you're going to struggle. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. It's as, it really is as simple as that, but it's just a day. It's not like it's going to last forever. And you can do you can do anything. We have a hashtag in our, ho- on our house, do hard things. That's what we do. We can all do hard things. So those would be some things I would share for sure.
1: I so love that. I love that you're able to so eloquently share how you're able to be with it, be with the feelings and the emotions, but then you're also able to, it's almost like you're helping your family navigate by allowing them the space to have humor in it. You know, if you didn't allow that or you weren't comfortable with it, then they may may process this a little bit differently, and so they'll be able to to keep an an open and light heart about it because you're opening that space for them. so I love that piece of advice. Well, Jessica, I so appreciate you sharing your your courageous journey and continuing to do so on social media, but also allowing me to use use this platform to share your story. I know that it will help so many, even years from now that we may not even know. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your time on here and opening up the space to inspire others.
0: Well, thank you so much, Claudia. I had a blast. Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much to Jessica for opening up her heart, her mind, her spirit and sharing it with all of us, the vulnerability and the courage I know will result in so much inspiration and changed hearts about difficult medical journeys, but giving ourselves grace through it all. Thank you so much, Jessica. And thank you all for continuing to follow this podcast and minding our wellness. I'll see you here again next time.